0: This communication is designed for informational purposes only, and is not intended as investment advice.
1: Good morning and welcome. Thank you all so much for dialing in. I'm Kevin Morrison, head of business development for Private Asset management. It is 10 o'clock on Tuesday, the 18th of January. It's a uh, Frosty but sunny day here in Leeds. I'm not in Edinburgh. That's where our guest speaker is calling in from this morning. I'm joined this morning by the Home Dream Team of Investment Director Chris Metcalf and Investment Manager Chris Rush. Also with us is the Investment Director Margaret Lawson from SVM. Just by way of introdu- introduction for, for Margaret, delighted to have you on this morning. I'm approaching 13 years here at iBoston. There aren't many managers I can introduce that have been in our holdings longer than I've been here. So thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time out, Margaret, who is the Investment Director at, at, uh, at SVM, a uh, founding director and joined in 1990. Uh, successfully been managing the svm uk growth fund navigating the markets and finding growth opportunities for over 15 years Uh, recognized expert and frequent writer on domestic and global economic and market issues as well as being a member of the cfa institute and qualified as asip
2: thank you good morning everybody and uh, thank you for your time today as Chris has said to you, I've been with your, with um, iBoss for quite a number of years, and today I'd like to take this opportunity to, to give you a, a bit of an understanding about how we invest and you know what, what is our investment process and what really has accounted for the good performance we've had over the longer period. It's been a challenging year for sure for growth funds, but really I hope by the end of this you'll be able to understand it's not about it's volatility in the market, it's about the quality of the underlying businesses that we invest in, that we've harvested over a long period of time. So, the process hasn't changed, and uh, we're hopeful as ever, and confident that uh, results will come through in the end, because the companies that we're picking are unique and they're growing fast, and the, there's various attributes which I'm going to dis- um, which I'm going to talk about, and hopefully that will give you a greater insight into what we're doing.
1: Brilliant, thanks for that. And uh, without further ado, probably just to bring us on to the uh, the Q and a section. So Chris, to the the first question. I mentioned it earlier about the longevity of uh, Margaret being one of the longest held funds that we've got in the portfolios. Why is this?
3: <clears throat> Margaret you know, is one of the most consistent UK growth managers. She has been through a whole tenure. It was actually a colleague, Neil Beach, who I remember saying to me years ago that um, one of the reasons he didn't like investing by committee was that if a fund was underperforming, somebody had to lose sleep. Uh, and that's always sort of stuck with me. Um, and you know, with 100% certainty that if there's any underperformance in Margaret's portfolio, she will be losing sleep. And it's just that that level of sort of conviction. And you just know that, that, that somebody's living the fund. It's the same as we do on you know, multi-asset basis at iBoss. You know, we, we sort of live and breathe this stuff. And that's that's what you're looking for. Um, there's always going to be times when managers face challenges to their to their style. But what, what you're looking for is, is the best of breed, whether it's in growth, in value, or in blends. And managers really don't want to be pigeonholed at all. Um, and and Margaret is the best of breed in our
1: opinion Margaret you've been with us a number of years now has your investment process changed over this time?
2: Well, I, I think what's, I think, I don't think it's changed. I, I think the same things I look for about competitive landscape, you know, the competitive advantage, returns, you know, shareholder friendliness, all that kind of stuff, risk valuation, that hasn't changed. But I think I have refined that, you know. But as I said to you, it's more, what is more important to me is that deployment of capital and the sustainability of the cash flow you know, to achieve those ends. So that's at the core. And that's always been at the core of what I've done. But what I think I've got better at and over the years, and I've had a long, long career in investments, really. Really is, you know, I'm, I'm more cognizant, you know, of, of when companies are, 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 are telling us lies, you know, or trying to pull the rule over. A wool over her eyes, and, and what I tend to do in those things, if I'm not happy about something, I'll move on. So you know, I don't sit with things that I'm that if, if I have uncertainty and I can't resolve it, right? That, rather than having that, I'd rather shift the money onto something that I feel much more certain about, right? And that's really, on the whole, that's that's really stood me in good stead because it's not just finding the winners; it's just having not businesses, and everybody has them where they where they've been where they've been wrong footed, you know. And we and we we've had a, a not to say a series of them, but you know. For periods we haven't had any, and then we realise that. We have, but usually, what really pulls down a business is usually a bad is a bad acquisition, right? Okay, because you can get the market opportunity, you can look at the margins, and you can look at the growth, and you know, and you can you can see what's going to be the catalyst for growth. But usually, what kills that is a bad exec, bad execution, or change in red government, change in regulation in its markets, or change in consumer behaviour. So there's, there's, there, these are these are fairly. Standard things that you can pick up on, right? But but sometimes, as I said, your acquisitions are, are the ones that are really are the Achilles' heels for many businesses when they underperform.
1: Just moving away from the fund and process for a second, then it seems to us that there are not many female fund managers within the industry. Why do you think that is?
2: Well, I, I think it's two things i think it's been a, a question of access right okay but i i, I think it's also perception as well because if you think if you think about it you know the people that advise people like careers careers teachers and you know, people in public sector whatever right their idea of investment right is is billions right or the Wolf of wall street or for an earlier generation michael douglas 1987 right and 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 you know and, and people don't want that lifestyle and they, they, they really question the ethics and there's no social purpose right and and i can say and i can say to you and this has always been a, a great grievance with me you know because i come from a fairly humble background right and i'm so glad today that a lot of these issues are now on, on 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 the table and the industry has actually moved forward it's no longer when i go into meetings you know it's a it's it's braces and striped shirts you know and 50 year old men you know um, having after having such a long lunch you know the, 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 the whole industry has become much more professional in the exams we, we can take it has much wider sub age cohort and it's a very dynamic industry i mean it's a great industry for people to to be in because you really have a ringside street to you know real-time economics you know the in- new social policies economic policies change disruption innovation you know and it really is a it's a great career and i and I think the industry has made great strides going forward for that so really it's really more about you know access getting the message out there to young to young women that this is a great career for women you know it's very intellectually fulfilling you know it's very rewarding you know when you when you deliver good results to like likes of iBoss that's my mantra. My mantra is to to help, you know, really to, for eyeballs to be able to to give, you know, their clients, you know, good performance for their clients, you know, to to have to be able to make good decisions about retirement to create their wealth. That's my that's my raison d'être, you know. And and that's why I say to you, thank you for being supportive all, for all this period. And I'm still as enth- not just enthusiastic because you can't just be enthusiastic at investments; you've got to have ability as well, you know. And and you know, and and I really feel that, you know, I know what I'm looking for here you know and, it, and the markets can be volatile or whatever but we've just got to find those companies are going to be tomorrow's winners and that doesn't change regardless of the environment
1: Great. Uh, many investors view the uk indices lack of technology companies as negative is this assumption true uh, and what do the what does the uk do well against other markets
2: well, I think the indices don't really reflect the under the area of underlying businesses that we have in the UK economy. There's a myriad of new innovative businesses that are that are coming through. So, you, you, the, I, I think really, as I said to you, the indices are a problem for passives and for the much larger funds. We can't get into these new innovative businesses that are going to be tomorrow's winners. But really, for me, you know, the, 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 there's plenty of businesses out there, and I think you've got to look. What the UK does is the UK allocates capital well. That's the that's the important. That's my that's what my job is principally here right okay but if you if you to scale if you scale that up when you look at your know, new businesses yeah new business sort of formation you know the uk really stands out there so so it's a very sort of bit, sort of fertile pool you know for 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 creating future but for creating wealth going forward so no i i can understand why people say that right but you know we i i i i don't i don't really look at the, the, the in the indices i'm an index index away because it tends to have sort of yesterday's winners or businesses that are that are going to that, that structural growth prospects are, that are poor right and you've seen that just now with this of oil stocks of the banks the only thing all the challenger banks that are coming and regardless of what you say about banks you know the traditional banks and because obviously they've got more resource now you know the government's lessening regulation the interest margins are better so you can see the economic case but structurally are they growing when you look at the sort of Monzos and the Starlings and, and the way we bank today Absolutely not. And I think these are big behemoths. So I'm not saying to you they're not value propositions because they most certainly are. But are they tomorrow's winners? I don't think so. So the UK has lots of innovative companies in, here and you've just really got to look got to look for them. And as I said to you, the, the landscape to do M&A, change control in the UK, that, so often people see that as a negative. But on the whole, it's been a very positive force.
1: Brilliant. Uh, moving back on to uh, ESG, if you like, the agenda affecting the UK considering it's like, la- uh, how do you see the ESG agenda affecting the UK considering it's larger natural weighting into thin stocks?
2: Well, well, again, again, that—that's really just looking at it on the surface. And so if you think about companies, as I talked to you about, sort of Couth, I've talked, you know, we can talk about Volition, we can talk about another company called sort of, M- Microlize, which is at the core of this this whole efficiency and haulage efficiency and shortage of drivers and other th- other things. You know, but what I see you've got these large stocks, right? But really not investing in them really isn't the thing you know because we, the most important thing is to have a dialogue with businesses right these businesses know where they've got to go to That that's for sure but you can't change a business overnight and not and not not investing in them you know is really not the right things to do because we, we even a small company like ourselves we've engendered change through dialogue, through writing you know, through pop giving businesses talking about their social pur- purpose and I think all institutions are now, are now on that mantra so even, even the big oil stocks and, and, and other things are making and making that transition and just you know coming with a policy like the bank of england not to invest in these things that doesn't make things any better because what happens with the, the oil industry for example these businesses will just will just maintain this the scarce resource they have they'll have to fund themselves from their own cash flow you know so that really doesn't make the transition quickly you know, as quick as what we, as what we want it to be so engagement is really really important but this will gradually change over time so i don't think it's 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 an negative. As I said to you, don't look at the indices. Look look, look at look at the, the the range and the width of companies that are under, uh, underlying that, that are going to be the strong stops and the winners of tomorrow.
4: Thanks, Margaret. Crush, can I come to you? Same question, please. Yeah, thanks, uh, Kevin. I'm not sure I've got too much value to add here on top of uh, Margaret's comments. Um, I think all I will say um, is that the you know, different makeup of U- the UK equity index across market cap really yeah. makes the geography quite uh, attractive as a diversifier against other areas in the world. Um, so without, I guess, waxing lyrical on year-to-date performance even more than I already have, um, we've seen lots of um, ESG orientated funds uh, correlate with the recent underperformance of growth and technology assets. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a red flag um, I don't think it's an issue with investing sustainably in, in a sustainable manner more generally, um, but I think it does perhaps indicate that you know many existing funds are focusing on very similar criteria to one another, um, and this drives very similar outcomes. So for sustainable investors like us within our sustainable portfolios, if we're trying to be diversified and we're trying to balance financial returns with positive ESG factors, and obviously financial returns are still important. And I think in the ESG world, it's very easy to be bogged down just by the ESG factors. I think areas like the UK where potentially we're more open to having dialogue with a wide variety of industries and we already have strong governance and good social policies, then, you know, the UK has every chance of succeeding in an ESG context. I think the only however that I can add here is as with all things in the UK currently, um, it really does depend whether international investors uh, recognise and buy into the relative opportunity of UK markets or whether they continue to think that we are, you know, mired in what I guess many international investors seem to believe is a, you know, permanent political smog. So, you know, if the UK gets a, a bit more of an uptick on a reputational basis, um, then we mm-hmm. could see some you know, pretty positive outcomes for ESG in a UK context.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I think that's right. It's about perception. But at the end of the day, I, I would say to you, the politics aren't really that important, right? What's really important is the underlying policies. That that's really what's most important. No, administrations can come and change, but really, you really just want consistency of, 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 of policy. That's really what will drive the lot of attractions for the market.
1: Uh, Chris, I'm going to come to you. Uh, MagroBruns runs an out-and-out growth fund. How do you incorporate this into the IBOS portfolios?
3: Um, well, we spend a lot of time uh, studying how the how all the funds perform in, in different market conditions. Again, people who are familiar with the way we manage money, our multiple funds and our portfolio approach has been going on for 15 years. If you go back to the start of it, um, we've never really wanted to just make the big value growth call. So we don't want to be um, holding you know, exclusively one one kind of fund or the other, or even just a bunch of blend funds, because um, we don't we think that we'll miss out on, on on best of breed. Um, so what we're looking for is the best growth, the best value managers. Uh, it's created that sort of overall sector. Um, we're actually holding less growth-type funds now than we have on average over time. Um, but what we are doing, and we increased our allocation to what we consider to be the best uh, that we can, which is why um, we've, we actually increased our allocation to, to the SVM UK Growth Fund, but also to Mark Slater's uh, Slater Growth Fund. Um, so they sit on sort of one side of the of, of the equation. On the other side, we're we've still holding... Uh, Ed Leggett, Artemis, UK Select, George and Georgina's Polar Capital, uh, UK Value Ops, and we think these are some of the best value managers. And what we get overall um, is hopefully some sort of best, of, best of breed and um, the best potential uh, risk adjusted returns for, for each sector. And of course, we try and replicate that within each uh, within each sector.
1: Brilliant, thanks. Uh, sticking with you, Chris, we've had a, a live question come in. Um, in view of the success of Vanguard in attracting investment funds with low charges, resulting in impressive returns for the lifestyle strategy funds as di- as a diversified model which are risk How is this influencing charges for active managed funds
3: um, I think just the passive uh, the passive market generally has been has been adding adding pressure to the to, to active managers um, we, we saw Bailey Gifford a few years ago um, at a time when their performance was already going very well but they really did cut their Cut their fees across a, a, a wide sort of range of uh, wide parts of their range. Um, I, I think I don't know anybody who thinks fees are going up. Um, I, I think there will be this is, I think it's going to be a year for, for active management over, over passive because these conditions have changed. You know, some of these, a lot of these tailwinds for, for passive investing have now turned into headwinds. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot more complicated um, than just buying a sort of tracker and sort of calling it a day. Um, but we' have been intents for a long time but your vanguard has certainly been hoovering up assets having crushed us some uh you know answers some questions very well on the on the benchmarks and the fact that the vanguard life strategy range is now twenty two percent of the forty to eighty five sector uh, so when you're looking at relative performance you are looking at basically relative performance relative to vanguard um which tends to be historically um, have a large u.s weighting uh, and, the, and the US, whether it's you know, treasuries up until relatively recently or equities has done yeah, has has done very well. The question is, are the same conditions going to be uh, the same going forward? And, and uh, I think that
1: they're, they're probably not. Excellent, brilliant. We've uh, we've run over by about five minutes now. And just looking at the other questions coming in, I'm, I'm conscious of of kind of pulling this together. The, the questions of battery that I was specific or a specific one for you, Margaret. So if if the listeners are okay with that, what I will do is get specific emails. Uh, followed up uh, with a uh, specific answer to the questions that we've had in and, and we do appreciate them I'll uh, I'll let you know that our next webinar uh, we've got Chris Bau a portfolio manager from 24 uh, this is his second appearance uh, it's Tuesday of the February February the 15th at, at 10 a.m um, uh, in terms of uh, updates for us uh, in the interim, again, uh, our handle for Chris and for iBoss there on Twitter. Uh, if you get your updates via LinkedIn, you can find us on there too. And, and thank you to both Chris's uh, and Margaret, again, for your time and for everybody dialing in. I uh, appreciate your uh, your attendance and, and your time. I uh, wish you all a, a brilliant day uh, and catch you all again soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Margaret.
2: Goodbye. Thank you.
0: This communication is designed for informational purposes only, and is not intended as investment advice. These investments are not suitable for everyone, and you should obtain expert advice from a professional financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Please note that the content is based on the speaker's opinion at the time of recording. Our views and opinions regarding certain investment themes and topics can alter over time as the macroeconomic background changes, and other industry news is made publicly available. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. The value of investments and the income derived from them can fall as well as rise, and investors may get back less than they invested. IBOS Asset Management is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Financial Services Register Number 697866.